this is uh, part two of the People's Medicine versus Merck's Billion Dollar Pill. Continuing on with my essay. The minute word got out about the pill, Merck's shares shot up more than 9%. In contrast, a global vaccine stock sell-off was triggered by the news. Pfizer shares fell 4%, BioNTech 15%, Moderna 14%, and Novavax more than 22%. Can't you just see the CEOs of the other drug companies stamping their feet and yelling obscenities while the Merck guys puff up their chest with pride. Yeah, we beat you this time. Ha ha. Do you ever feel like you're on a conveyor belt being prodded and examined, prescribed and injected while the guys in lab coats and the corporate elite watch from the sidelines discussing amongst themselves how much they can get out of you for what they put in? The only way you make it off that conveyor belt is if the profits made off of you begin to slide. Then they just toss you in the trash. There are millions more where you came from. I know one person in particular who will not be who will not want to see profits go down on his precious vaccines, Dr. Fauci. We can always count on Dr. Fauci to tell us the Truth. A change.org petition signed by more than 28,000 people asking People Magazine to name him the sexiest man alive reads, His comforting and intelligent demeanor has helped to lessen our national anxiety. He speaks truth to power, a strength few have at this time. His kind face and manner of speaking bring calm during the storm. Watch out, Fauci. That Cuomo brother was good too. He even won an Emmy and look what happened to him. And now the other Cuomo brother, by the way, has fallen from grace. Yeah, watch out. But I have to hand it to Fauci. He can turn any bit of information on its head, twist words, contradict himself, and somehow still sound believable. There's a new pill, you say? In his rational voice, with its increasingly menacing undertone, he tells us, you know the way to decrease the risk 100%? Don't get infected in the first place. Aha. So we should take the pills and the shots. Okay, actually yearly shots, maybe twice yearly, plus your flu shot. Let's make that a two-in-one deal. Oh, but there will be more pandemics and more shots and more pills. Dr. Fauci threw us a bone, though, as he sometimes does. We certainly are turning a corner on this particular surge, he said during an interview on This Week on ABC News. Remember, pay attention to words and phrases. Pay attention to this particular surge. There will never be an end to this nightmare. Indeed, Fauci and his co-conspirators' power only becomes more entrenched. Who would have ever thought that just two years ago that a corrupt, greedy little scientist with a Napoleon complex would be dictating every aspect of our lives, haranguing the American people with balderdash like this? As a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society, you have a responsibility. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that is killing millions of people, you have to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Your individual rights, not his. Fauci continued his lecture. I mean, 
this idea about we have a drug, don't get vaccinated, just doesn't make any sense. If you look at the people who get hospitalized and the people who die, it is overwhelmingly weighted towards the people who are unvaccinated. Does it make any sense, he says? No, you don't make any sense, Fauci. No matter that Israel became worried about increases in death among the vaccinated, that didn't look good when they had put all their eggs into the one basket of Pfizer. All they had to do was shift the definition of unvaccinated to mean those who hadn't yet received their booster shots and those who get sick during the first two weeks after receiving the vaccine and poof. It becomes the unvaccinated again who are getting sick, clogging up the hospitals, dying. Never mind the VAERS data released by the CDC showing a total of 438,441 reports of adverse events from all age groups following COVID vaccines, including 9,048 deaths and 41,015 serious injuries between December 14, 2020 and July 2, 2021. People are quick to shrug off the VAERS data as unreliable. After all, the people reporting those incidents aren't experts. They're just ordinary citizens. What do they know? We trust the scientists in their ivory towers, not the people who are living the experiences, just like we don't trust the doctors in the trenches. We need to remind ourselves of the uncomfortable truth that before COVID ever took over our lives, the United States outspent every other country in the world combined when it comes to the top 20 top-selling 20 pharmaceutical drugs. Put another way, U.S. sales of the, top of the 20 top medications totaled $101.1 billion in 2020, while sales of the same drugs totaled $57 billion in the rest of the world. No wonder we turn up our noses at the people's medicine or VAERS data. We are the biggest problem, part of the problem. We put ourselves in that on that conveyor belt, and it's our own fault that we cannot get off of it. Give us our drugs. We demand our miracle cures now. In the recently released season four of the TV series Goliath, Billy, played by Billy Bob Thornton, takes on one of America's most insidious Goliaths and sources of big bucks, the opioid industry. In episode three, we see a woman in a lab testing a new drug and the numbers aren't satisfactory. She keeps testing to no avail. We next see her at dinner with the CEO of the drug company, George Zacks. Turns out she is his niece. They are having a nice dinner when George says it's time to talk business. She tells him, Uncle George, I know you don't want to hear this, George. Do I want to hear what I don't want to hear? Kate, I know, but George, what do I want to hear? Tread lightly, wisely. You can feel the shift in atmosphere from friendly to sinister. Kate tries again. But what if the long-term effects aren't compliant with FDA regulations? George, in an even voice, but the sinister undertones growing. I don't think I heard you correctly. Try again. Kate, if I had the time, George. Okay, now we're talking past each other. Now is the time, Kate. Now is the perfect time. You want to try one more time? Kate knows she can't hold out any longer. In the monotone voice of someone reciting a memorized script, she gives him the answer he wants to hear. 
Amarazon is a non-addictive, effective, pain-relieving opioid, FDA-approved, and ready for market. George, well, that's good news. How's your steak? And just like that, everything shifts back to normal. We could all be Kate. In that situation, what would any of us do? Kate has a conscience. She feels bad about it. But who is she? Who are any of us? Nobody's compared to this man who has no conscience. That's why he's at the top and she isn't. That's what it takes. With a snap of his fingers, he can bestow fame and fortune on his underlings or send them to the depths of hell. One of the darkest drug tales is that of Merck and Vox, a prescription medication used to relieve signs and symptoms of arthritis. Before it was withdrawn, it is estimated that Vioxx could have prematurely killed up to 500,000 people, far beyond the 3,468 that were named in Merck's class action settlement for $4.85 billion in 2007. In a Vox class action case in Australia, a list was presented to the court emailed between Merck's employees containing doctors' names with the labels neutralize, neutralized, or discredit next to them. The plaintiff's lawyer gave this assessment. It gives you the dark side of the use of key opinion leaders and thought leaders. If they say things you don't like to hear, you have to neutralize them. It does suggest a certain culture within the organization about how to deal with your opponents and those who disagree with you. What have Merck done to get into this situation? They simply refused to allow Vioxx to fail, despite knowing that there were serious problems. So when Merck submitted the results to the FDA, like George Zacks in the series Goliath, they simply presented the data in a different way. Deaths occurring after patients completed their course of Vioxx were removed from the results. Even though the drug could cause problems after a patient stopped taking it, this change significantly reduced the risk attributed to Vioxx. The Merck wordsmiths worked hard on their statement. It said that the company analyzed the trial and found that there was no pattern suggesting that deaths had any connection to Vioxx. Some of the deaths were caused by car accidents, poisonings, infections, and other causes that were not related to Vox. What does this sound like? It sounds exactly like how COVID data is fiddled with. First, when they wanted to push a scary pandemic, every type of death was counted as a COVID death. Then, when they wanted to show successful results of the vaccines, they reversed it, making it look as if it was mainly the unvaccinated who were dying or filling hospitals. In President Joe Biden's inaugural address, he spoke these inspiring words. There is truth and there are lies, lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and to defeat the lies. On September 26, 2021, he started again with these words in a tweet, I give you my word as Biden, and then some balderdash about not raising taxes. This is one of the most important lessons my parents taught me. Your word is your bond. But since lies have become truth, words don't matter anymore. It doesn't really matter what Biden or anyone else in power promises. Biden and his cronies have now set the standard as low as it can ever go for every single person beneath them all the way down the food chain to you and me. The example he sets is that lies are okay as long as they work. And they do work when the people listening to them are willing to bow to the lies out of fear. 
As I am closing this essay, I just saw the moving story of Dr. Daniel Nagasi, a Canadian doctor who concluded that something malicious is going on after he was punished for treating patients with ivermectin. <clears throat> Dr. Nagasi had three patients who were on oxygen and short of breath. The only medication these patients were on were steroids, wrote Dr. Nagasi on his blog, a medication that will increase inflammation, but in I'm sorry, a medication that will decrease inflammation but increase the chances of a bacterial infection by suppressing the immune system. That's right. The only medication the COVID patients at this hospital were on were immune suppressants. One of the three patients, a woman, said she felt as if they had been put in a corner and left to die. Dr. Nagasi was determined to help them and offered ivermectin. All three patients said they wanted to try it. Dr. Nagasi goes on to relate how difficult it was to find the medicine, but eventually he was able to do so and administered the correct dose to all three patients. Here I will continue with his speech. It was hard for me to read this without becoming so angry I had to go outside and punch a boxing bag. Here he says, Within hours of giving, getting ivermectin, I got a call from the Central Zone Medical Doctor, Doctor Medical Director, Dr. Jennifer Jennifer Bestard. She called me to tell me I was forbidden from giving ivermectin to patients. I told her she's never met the patients. She's not their doctor and had no right to be changing the care of my patients without the patient's permission. She said ivermectin was forbidden from the hospital, even if the patients had their own ivermectin. Patients would not be allowed to take their own ivermectin. She said it was a violation of Alberta Health Services policy to give ivermectin for COVID. But that wasn't good enough. The next day, she called the hospital and gave me 15 minutes notice that I would be relieved of my duties. I told her it was unreasonable. I had an emergency department full of patients who can't be sorted out in 15 minutes. An hour later, another local doctor came to replace me. They didn't even want me to check up on the patients who I gave ivermectin to. Not even 24 hours after getting ivermectin, two out of my three patients were almost completely better. They were out of bed walking around and all the crackles I heard in their lungs from the day before were gone. All it took was about 18 hours and one dose of ivermectin. The third patient, who was 95 years old, stayed the same. She didn't get any worse like she had done the previous night. I, I found out later that no sooner had I left Remy Hospital, the next doctor who came to replace me stopped the antibiotics, stopped all the vitamins. She even stopped the patient's inhalers. Within hours of my leaving the hospital, this doctor even took away the patient's inhalers to help them breathe. The patients were not even allowed vitamins. Thankfully, both my 70-year-old patients who had immediate recoveries after a single dose of ivermectin left the hospital that week. I'd like to speak briefly to the healthcare professionals in the crowd. No doctor would take away antibiotics and inhalers for any viral pneumonia, never mind COVID. No doctor would do that to any patient with pneumonia. Unless they were, well, I'll let you think about it. We are remembering Nuremberg after all, and for healthcare professionals, I want us all to think very deeply about that. But it gets worse. In my brief day and a half in the small town of Rimby, I saw two patients who had recently been discharged from Red Deer Hospital after being on the COVID ward. They were sent home with nothing, not even an inhaler. These patients ended up in ER at a small hospital wanting help just days after being sent home from a territory care hospital with nothing. 
there is something malicious going on. I hope you can all see the bigger picture. This is more than me having all my assignments to take care of my small communities canceled for the rest of the year. This is more than the medical director, Dr. Francois Bellinger, banning me from hospital practice throughout all of Alberta just a week after giving ivermectin and then filing a complaint against the Alberta pharmacy director, a complaint sent to the College of Physicians and Surgeons about the pharmacy director for an entire province denying 11 pages of studies showing zero mortality for patients given ivermectin. In study after study after study, zero mortality, zero mortality, zero mortality with ivermectin. And in severe COVID, a 50% reduction in mortality with ivermectin. This is all in the Alberta Health Service's own ivermectin report. We must remember we are here to remember not just the people who died from medical experimentation. We are here to remember the people today. We are here to remember every single doctor, lawyer, and medical ethicist that sits on the board of the BC College who is investigating Dr. Charles Huff for speaking the truth. We are here to remember every doctor who stopped patients from having a life-saving medication. And what for? to boost mortality, to create an ICU crisis, to create a state of emergency, all to push a vaccine. We must remember the people of the past and the people of today. History repeats itself. Nuremberg will happen again. We must remember. Who will be held accountable? Or will the lies and the deaths continue? This is me speaking again in my essay. The billions in deals continue. The money, the bribes filtering all the way down the food chain. Will the day come when the truth is finally told that this COVID crisis has been one of the worst, perhaps the worst crimes against humanity in history? Look back to the Iraq war to see that all we have learned is how to lie better. Bush does not languish in prison. He is heralded as a grandfatherly figure who does lovely paintings in his old age. The Stooges, Biden and Fauci are treated no differently, no matter how much death and destruction they cause. War is always an excuse to make more money and build stronger power structures. It's interesting that President Bush took his opportunity to expand funding for anti-bioterrorism research in the NIH from 53 million in 2001 to more than 1.7 billion annually. These funds used to study threat agents and other novel or emerging pathogens. The connection should be clear. COVID is the new bogeyman, the new weapon of mass destruction. Do not expect the majority of sleeping citizens to recognize this anytime soon. It is up to the people, those who understand the meaning of the people's medicine and stand by it to expose the lies of these corrupt leaders to such an extent that there will be no alternative but to have them tried for crimes against humanity. As Dr. Nagasi said, history repeats itself. Nuremberg will happen again. We must remember it is happening now. Thank you for everyone who reads my essays on Substack at Break Free with Karen Hunt, and thank you for listening to this. Please go out there and spread the word of what is happening. Thank you so much, and peace.